Jerry Barr has the unenviable task of trying to summarize uh, all of today's discussions and yesterday's. I'm sure he will. There's been a lot of themes. I'm sure you'll recognize that have come up, and I think that's probably what he'll touch upon. So, um, Jerry Barr, President and, and CEO of the Canadian Council for International Cooperation. Well, good afternoon. Congratulations to everyone. Uh, I just. Uh, Today is sort of an exercise in figuring out how many presenters you can get into a single eight-hour period. And I think our empirical con conclusion at the end of the day is you can get a real lot of them uh, into the day. It is heroic that you have, that you have sat through it all, and, uh, and uh, it would be even more heroic uh, and incautious for me to try to characterize and summarize every idea that has walked across the floor in front of you today. Uh, it would take, as I say, an incautious and heroic person, and I am neither of those things, so, so you're not going to be subjected to that. I know that, uh, that uh, brevity is, uh, is really what is called for at the end of, uh, uh, of eight or nine hours of, uh, of reflection. But I, I just, uh, I think, wanted to, uh, uh, to say that, uh, to observe what a, what a rich array of, uh, of things there were here today. We started out with Roy essentially uh, underlining some of the big picture questions. And the biggest picture question is getting the moment right, naming the moment, the paradigm is in question globally, and uh, as, it, as, it rarely, as it rarely has been. And it is likely that the system, in response to that fairly deep questioning, will struggle mightily to, to make modest change and return as, uh, as quickly as, as it possibly can to the status quo ante. And of course, that is the fear for many of us in, in the room. That is, uh, will we get change out of this almost unspeakably rich moment of, uh, of reflection, or will we end up with uh, just a repainted and dusted off status quo ante? And of course, uh, the glass is half full, gang. We'll, we'll say, uh, we're going to do way, way better than that. Uh, some of the others of us in this room will uh, uh, will approach the moment with uh, great trepidation. Uh, and that kind of is what the room is here today, isn't it? It is a, there, there are students, there are policy experts, there are campaigners, there are mobilizers, there are, par there are uh, serious uh, uh, policy advisors on the inside of government, those on the outside. Uh, we are sort of the mix of the discussion that we are all headed towards in the G20 and, and, uh, and, and the G8. So in a way, our opportunity today to triangulate the issues is really pretty much uh, unparalleled. It is, we are the right combination of people to think about these, these questions going forward. Roy mentioned the Nobel Prize. Uh, award to Eleanor Ostrom, uh, and it is kind of a light, isn't it, uh, uh, over the idea that, that we really do need to be fundamentally 
rethinking uh, our approach to, uh, to financial systems. Roy said to us, we, we need more, more history and less math when we, when we think about uh, where we are these days, more focus on the real economy, uh, not on the casino economy. Uh, there were questions raised about the political questions raised really very frequently, almost ubiquitously through the, through the presentations that we had today about legitimacy and inclusion and reform, which, which reflects uh, participation uh, in new and credible ways. And uh, the other side of that question, the, the major interests which are at play directed towards protecting, really, uh, uh, privilege that has been already achieved in, in, in the certain global order that has brought us to this point and which people are loath naturally to give up. So there is a kind of tension of forces uh, between those and those others who are insisting on a more legitimate and more fair and more inclusive uh, form of representation. Thinking particularly of the very candid and helpful remarks of Mr. Ocampo last night uh, when he said, look, uh, it really is about legitimacy. You know, when I was minister, uh, I knew that that organization didn't represent me. I wasn't there. As far as I'm concerned, it wasn't, it wasn't legitimate. And of course, uh, that is the challenge that we're faced with, isn't it, in the context of, uh, of restructuring forms of participation globally, the need for uh, ways of, of people, uh, of countries and, and regions placing themselves effectively in the discussion otherwise legitimacy is eluded. Uh, how the private sector has managed rules which allow for the maximization of profit, for the minimization of the state ability to, to, uh, to access resources from uh, private sector and, gen and access the benefits of private sector development. We, we got that in spades in uh, uh, in the discussion today, the creation of this extraordinarily well-planned model for the shadow transfer of resources. Um, some in this room have mentioned uh, in discussion, in fact, following, uh, uh, following the, the, the main point of presentation on, on this point, I've, I learned that the formal banking system uh, in the United States famously serves uh, an expediting role. Uh, in some cases, up to 50% of the assets of, of large U.S. banks are, are really in this shadow land, in this realm of off-book accounting. Uh, so there is so much to be learned uh, in this area, and it is so rich in its implications uh, with respect to the kinds of things that Roy Culpepper mentioned in, I think, one of his question interventions, this issue of the mobilization of domestic capital and, of course, the question is, in the context of this massive leakage, forget leakage, this hemorrhaging, uh, the question can be asked, well, what capital do you intend to mobilize it if it is all, if it is all fled? From Gail and from Oscar, we, we have heard about uh, the, uh, the dismissed challenges, uh, uh, now less and less dismissible. Of, uh, uh, of debt, the re-emerging debt challenge, some extraordinary numbers about 
Central and Eastern Europe, uh, the uh, increase by a factor of three in roughly 12 months of uh, the number of low-income countries with precarious debt-to-income ratios and where all that is headed. And from Oscar, of course, the, the dramatic and shifting pattern uh, between North and South with now the North owing the South and uh, the transformative impact of some of that uh, uh, that relationship on on thinking now about this issue. Amar Bhattacharya's comment uh, reinforced that, the, uh, the legacy of debt, the key need for de the debt restructuring mechanism, and, uh, uh, and, and that panel too, the final one, returning as it did to, to uh, this issue of legitimacy in institutions, in global institutions, and the restructuring the imperative need for restructuring of global institutions and particularly around the G20, the L20, the uh, reform of the uh, international financial institutions and how that uh, might best be done, the back from the dead reference to, to the IMF and World Bank was a kind of darkly amusing uh, image. I thought, oh, night of the zombies, you know, here we go again. and. Uh, and, and it is, uh, it is in, in everyone's mind, isn't it, this sort of notion that uh, what we have here uh, globally is a real fixer-upper when it comes to these institutions. So dressed, so festooned are they with, with, uh, with habits, uh, dysfunctional habits, uh, challenges. Uh, uh, it almost makes you tired in advance to think about the things that will need to be done to turn them into uh, good, effective, accountable, uh, inclusive uh, institutions. And yet, uh, that is plainly the task. That is plainly what is, what is before, of, uh, before us. There are a lot of proposals that were brought uh, uh, that, uh, as the auctioneer said, too numerous to mention. Uh, but they will be unpacked for sure. Uh, as the documents roll out from this conference, I know that uh, Halifax Initiative is uh, assiduous about its, its capturing of the intellectual content of meetings of this kind, and there will be, I am certain, uh, a characterization which you will be able to review and uh, uh, so, as, so as to be able to look in specifically, discreetly at, at, those, at those proposals. We began with a characterization of the moment. Roy did that and uh, in, in a sort of broad sense, but the other characterization of the moment, very short term, John was talking about living in the short term. Uh, we, we live really in the short term in civil society uh, here in Canada right now with respect to these kinds of questions because the moment is one of uh, where we will be hosting the G20, the G8, what a profligate waste it would be to march towards that moment with the ability to put something uh, in the marquee and have no idea about what to say. Uh, so for the country, it would be a terrible, terrible shame if this sort of ennui of uh, government takes over and we just manage our way through this momentous circumstance and for civil society, there's another important piece of this. I mean, it is, for both civil society and government, surely it is the same, it's the same moment. I mean, the world 
changed in the last two, three months in a kind of fundamental way. Uh, I mean, glass half full, glass half empty. There is no doubt that there is a, a shift going on of tremendous importance. And uh, it could be a great and positive change. Uh, and and, and it, it deserves recalibration for all of those of us who have been tracking towards this, this set of events, not now a year away. Uh, we need to pay attention as we have never done before. Uh, we, we've been coming into this thing as if there were a G7, G8 meeting. We have been, those of us in civil society, the wonks, the others, the mobilizers, we have all been sort of thinking in conventional terms about how to lobby the government of Canada for the key message uh, at, uh, at the G7, G8 meeting about the particular enthusiasms that we need to bring to bear and the policy imperatives that we want to reassert uh, in that context about the kind of consultation that we need with, uh, uh, with, with government in order to achieve uh, a rapport and, uh, and, uh, and to help uh, government understand and triangulate what is going on in the broader debate. All of that has been in our minds in the conventional way. And then, just weeks really ago, uh, things changed. And it wasn't the G7, G8 anymore. It was the G20. And it's a, it was sort of a tribute to this, uh, well, an, L, an L20, forget G20, an L20. And, and, and it, it is sort of a proof positive of the tremendous fluidity of the moment uh, and the need to capture uh, some uh, of, the, of the energy and contribute policy and, and, and advocacy content to, to, that, uh, to that, that, that moment. Uh, it's a key one. And I think that is the moment in which we're meeting. Uh, here today, so uh, so the content that we have that we have created here, the the issues we have reviewed, we need to take them forward actively uh, as we as we reflect about what we do in the next four or five months. I know next week that the the global movements will be gathering in Ottawa. Uh, make Poverty History, with which, which, with which I'm associated here in Canada, but the Global Call to Action Against Poverty will be having its global meeting here starting Monday. The coalitions will be gathering starting Monday to review and reflect about, uh, about what we will do, and we should all be ready. And I think this was partly the suggestion that was coming through the discussion here last night and today, we should all be ready to recalibrate because there is a new moment and we, we all of us have to meet it. Well, it's 5.30, it's the appointed hour. Uh, and uh, once again, congratulations for your uh, brilliant endurance. And, for, and to the panelists, uh, thank you so much for this terrific array of, uh, of issues and ideas.